Jewish Audio on Chabad.org. This week, I want to remind you about something very important. What is the rabbi here to remind you on this Shabbat? I want to remind you to check your weight. Check your weight. Rabbi, did I come to show or did I come to a Weight Watchers meeting? What is going on over here? This week's Torah portion is packed with so many different mitzvot. One of them is a very important one. The Torah tells us, you shall not commit a perversion of justice with false weights. You need to check your scales when you do business and you weigh each particular item. When you do a transaction, you're not allowed to own any scales that are not correct, that are misaligned. An important mitzvah, but it seems like the Torah makes a very big deal about this mitzvah to the extent that the Torah says, I took you out of Egypt on condition that you keep accurate rates and measures. Such a big deal. I understand it's important that we have scales that are correct, but to that extent, God freed us as a nation on condition that our scales are correct. Amazingly, the Midrash tells us that if a person denies the mitzvah of accurate scales, it's as if he denies the exodus from Egypt. Why the obsession with weight watching? There must be a very powerful message here. The Torah tells us not only you're not allowed to use false weights, you can't even own false weights, and you can't even make false weights. What is this all about? There's a very powerful message. And the message is very simple. You see, there's a very big difference between a thief who goes in the middle of the night and steals, or God forbid, somebody who holds you up and takes your money by force, versus a businessman who uses faulty scales. The difference is very simple. A thief clearly is stating, I am a thief. I am here to steal. But when somebody has a business and has beautiful scales set up on the counter, but those scales are not correct, those scales are false, then he's actually professing to the world like he's honest. Look, I'm using weights and measures to ensure that I don't steal even a penny. But at the same moment, simultaneously, he's engaging in pure theft. This is much worse than the thief who admits that he's stealing, doesn't pretend like he's righteous. You see, the Torah does not support duplicity. The essence of the sin of false measures, what makes it so unique is the duplicity. It's the fact that a person pretends to be so great when really their insides is so negative, so unclean, so lacking in integrity. The Torah wants us to be true through and through. Don't just give a false smile. Be real. Be genuine. Show who you really are. Because more than anything, the Torah values the essence of the person. And that's my message to you this week. Remember, most important is about reflection of what's going on inside. Don't put a front when it's not real. Integrity, honesty, MS is a core value of Yiddishkeit, of Judaism. This leads us to this week's very powerful story. This story is called Shlomo's Scales. Who was Shlomo? What is this story all about? This story takes us back to December of 1700. It was a cold winter in Poland. A blanket of snow covered the entire country. 
People were walking in the streets, bundling fur coats. The holiday season was approaching. Everybody was in good spirits. But unfortunately, in the ghetto of Krakow, gloom and fear filled the ear. Moaning was emanating from every corner. The Jews of Krakow suffered tremendously from poverty and hate. But they had one source of joy, and that was their beautiful children. And unfortunately, during that winter of 1700, their only source of joy was being taken away from them with a terrible epidemic of children dying of smallpox. The doctors were helpless to stop it. All the various home remedies weren't helping. And every day the town was visited with more heartbreaking tragedies, the endless funerals of young, precious children. They cried, they begged from our Father in heaven for a cure and for an end to this madness. But unfortunately, it seemed like God was not listening to their prayers. The rabbi of the community declared a fast day and another one, three days of prayer and self-examination, but nothing seemed to be working until finally the elders of the community decided they have no choice. They are going to utilize a very unique Kabbalistic formula called She'ilat Chalom, which means a dream query. This was a drastic move, but they felt they had no other choice. This group of rabbis and holy men purified themselves. They fasted, they recited Psalms all day, they went to the mikvah, and then they requested from heaven, according to ancient Kabbalistic formulas, that they be given some sort of sign that night in their sleep, how to deal with this terrible tragedy. And sure enough, that night, all three of these righteous holy men had the same exact dream. In that dream, an old man in a white robe appeared and said, Shlomo the butcher should pray before the congregation. Early the next morning, they met in the synagogue. They shared with each other the same exact dream that they had. And it was clear to them what they have to do. They quickly walked to Shlomo's house. They knocked on the door. When his wife opened the door, she almost fainted at the sight of them. What are these three holiest men in town doing at my door? Yes, what can I do? We want to speak to your husband. Is he home? One of them asked, can we come in? Shlomo came to the door. He shook their hands, brought them into the house. And when they were seated, one of them began and said, Shlomo, we made a dream query yesterday. A she'ilat chalom. We asked what to do about the epidemic. And we all had the same dream. We dreamed that you have to lead the prayers today. Shlomo was dumbfounded. This is some kind of joke. What is this? I should lead the prayers? Why, I, I, I can't even read properly. I, I can't, I mean, what good would it do? Shlomo, the elders begged, just come and do what you can. You don't have to really lead, just pray in front of everyone. Maybe there'll be a miracle, just come and give it a try. We have already summoned everyone to the synagogue. Just come say a few words, anything is better than what we have now with dying children and the moaning of their beloved parents. So Shlomo, with no other choice, left his house and accompanied them. But as soon as they entered the crowded synagogue and closed the door behind them, Shlomo suddenly broke away. And he ran back outside, down the street, out of sight. What should they do? He disappeared. They didn't even know where to look. They had no choice but to wait along with the entire holy congregation. A few minutes later, the door opened. And in came Shlomo, pushing a wheelbarrow covered with a cloth. All eyes were on him. As he went up to the podium, he stood in front of the holy ark. He pulled off the cloth and he lifted up an old set of scales out of the barrel. 
he brought his butcher's scale into the synagogue? The scales were very heavy. But Shlomo lifted them up high above his head, his face shaking with the effort, tears streaming down from his eyes. Here, he yelled at the ceiling of the synagogue. Here, God, take them. Take the scales. That must be why you want me to lead the prayers, right? Take the scales and heal the children. Just heal the children, okay? And by now, Shlomo was sobbing loudly, and the whole place was dead silent. A few men rushed over and helped him put the scales back in front of the room, and the congregation began their prayers. My friends, that evening, the children were already getting better. You could imagine the joy in the festivities that followed. They even made a nice glass case for the scales and left the whole thing there on the side of the synagogue permanently for all to see. But after a week or two, when the excitement died down, the elders had to admit they couldn't figure it out. After all, there were tens of shops in the ghetto that used scales. All of them were owned by honest, God-fearing Jews. What was the story here with Shlomo scales that brought their salvation? The answer, my friends, was soon in coming. When they went around checking all the other scales, they discovered that every single one of them, without exception, was a little bit off. Certainly not enough to constitute bad business or theft, but they were inaccurate. But it seems that Shlomo, every single day, checked his scales twice. He would stop his business, have all his customers wait, as twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening, he would check his scales, while all the others checked it only occasionally. That's what God wants, Shlomo said so simply. A legend is that these scales remained on display in that Caracas synagogue for over 200 years until the Germans destroyed everything in World War II. My friends, the message here is so clear and so simple. The man who felt he didn't know how to lead a service, how to pray properly, who didn't have the right words, he's the one who shook heavens and averted the terrible decree. Because it's not about the trappings, it's about what's inside. It's not about what you project and what you show, it's about what you really feel. Shabbat Shalom. Check those scales.